You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Matthew 27 in your Bibles, we find that Jesus is face to face with a governor. I was praying about what to preach for Public Servants Day, and we're going through uh, the life of Jesus, the miracles of Jesus, the parables of Jesus. And last week we saw where Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda. And at the pool of Bethesda, Jesus found a man who had been lame. He could not walk for 38 years, and he was just waiting for somebody to help get him into the pool. And he said, I have no man, I have nobody to help me. And yet he was still waiting. He was just hoping he'd get in that pool and uh, somehow miraculously be healed. But Jesus came by and healed him. I'm glad that Jesus cares about people that are sick. Aren't you glad for that? Because we've all been sick. I'm glad that Jesus cares about people that are hopeless and people that are helpless because the truth is, every one of us, if we're honest, there have been times in our life where we had no hope. And we had no help. And were it not for the grace of God, we wouldn't be here today. I'm glad that Jesus cares about those who are down and out. I'm glad that Jesus cares for the needy. I'm glad that Jesus goes to where those people are. But I'm thankful that God also gives us in the Gospels the account here in Matthew 27 where Jesus was speaking with Pilate. Pilate was the governor of Judea. Also, we find in these passages in the Gospels that uh, Herod was the Tetrarch. He was the the governor of the region of Galilee. And there are two important people. These are powerful men in the region. And both of them have an opportunity to speak with Jesus face to face. Now, can you imagine what that would have been like? Can you imagine having Jesus standing in front of you? And by the way, in the situation that, that, this was, uh, that Jesus was in, this was not a good situation. Because in Matthew 26, Jesus had been taken uh, by the soldiers. He'd been taken as a prisoner. He was taken to uh, Caiaphas, the high priest, and he was interrogated by the chief priests. And they were ready to kill him because of religious discrepancies because of claims that Jesus had made religiously. But now they have to bring him to the government and they have to get a stamp of approval for Jesus to be executed. And they bring him before Pilate, Matthew 27 and verse 1. It says, when the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. That was their goal. They wanted to kill him. And when they had bound him, They led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Verse 11, and Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, saying, art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus said unto him, thou sayest, as if to say, you're right, you said it. You took the words right out of my mouth. That was Jesus' answer. In verse 12, and when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Now, for those of you, especially in law enforcement and those of you in the courts, I think you probably would say that is unusual. If somebody's accused of something and they just keep their mouth shut, you know, most most people get themselves in trouble because they can't be quiet. Right. 
Sometimes children will do that. Sometimes teenagers will do that. They just can't help but talk or they'll do something and then, then they'll post it on social media. You know, that's real smart. You know, like nobody's ever going to find it there. But Jesus doesn't say a word. And Pilate is, he is, he is just in disbelief. How could this man, hearing these accusations, not answer? It says in verse number 13, uh, Pilate said unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? In verse 14, he answered him to never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. We see in verses 15 through 18 that there was a custom that at this time, at this feast, the governor would always release a prisoner. Now, I'm glad we're not doing that custom today, right? You know, hey, let's find some prisoner. We just, let's just release them just for fun, you know. And the governor said, hey, how about this? It's the custom that I release a prisoner. How about I release Jesus? And they said, oh, no. They said, give us Barabbas instead. Barabbas had been accused and, and convicted of sedition. He had been convicted and accused of murder. And they, they cry out. They say, we do not want Jesus. We want Barabbas set free because we want Jesus to be crucified. Verse number 19, Pilate's wife sent word to him and said, Have thou nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Now, I'm not placing a, a, an importance on, on dreams and significance of that, but I would say, fellas, it's probably a good idea for us to listen when our wives have input. Amen. Yeah, that was a good, smart amen right there, Brother Curry. <laughs> the rest of the men had a good opportunity, and they missed it. And we're not having a lunch after the service, fellas, so uh, I hope you don't mind peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But he listened, uh, he, his wife warned him, and she, he said, she said, have nothing to do with this man. She said, I had a dream about him, he's a just man. And then in verse 21, again, he says, who do you want me to release, Barabbas or Jesus? And they said, Barabbas. Verse 22 is where I've been trying to get to for a few minutes, and we're here, and this is the message. Pilate saith unto them, he asks the Jews, he asks the, the chief priests, he asks the, the, the folks that have accused Jesus, and he asks this question. He says, what then shall I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? That's a heart-piercing question. And I want to pose that question to you this morning. What are you going to do with Jesus? What, what am I going to do with Jesus? And every one of us, are faced with that question. Now, here's what Pilate did. Pilate went over the side, and he had a bowl of water and, 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 and an act of symbolism. He washed his hands in that water and said, I'm innocent. You guys do whatever you want, but this one's not on me. Well, I got news for you, friend. None of us can avoid the question and claim innocence because we're already guilty. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all must answer the question of what will we do with Jesus? Father, I pray in these next few moments that you'd speak to our hearts and convict us and challenge us and help us. I pray that you would clarify these truths and I pray that we would have an understanding of who Jesus is and what he has done for us and may we make the right decision concerning what we will do with Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Number one, very quickly, I see in this passage, I see the charges against Jesus. 
He's been charged by the religious crowd. He is now being charged before the governor. And the governor, he says, I, I find no fault in him. This man is not worthy of death. This man has not done anything wrong. Pilate's wife says, this man is a just man. But there were charges against Jesus, and he did not answer those charges. He did not argue. He did not debate. The Bible says, as a lamb before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus fulfilled prophecy by not answering his accusers. But there were charges against him. Number two, I see the conversation with Jesus. Pilate had a conversation with Jesus. He could ask Jesus any question he wanted to ask. And he asked some questions. Hey, hey, aren't you hearing this? Don't you know what they're accusing you of? In another gospel, Pilate said, Jesus, don't you know that I have power? I can put you to death or I can set you free. Jesus said, sir, you don't have any power except that which has been given you by God. And friend, I want to remind all of us today, any power, any authority we have, that has been ordained by God. All power comes from God. But yet he had a conversation with Jesus. But then I see number three, I see the choice concerning Jesus. Verse 22, Pilate said to these men, he said, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? There's a choice. Pilate presented a choice to the people. He said, you can have Barabbas or you can have Jesus. And they made the wrong choice. Pilate had a choice whether or not he would uh, send Jesus to the cross or whether or not he would let him go free. And Pilate made a choice that he would live with for the rest of his life. And friend, I want to tell you what you do with Jesus. Those consequences span not only your lifetime, but those consequences will span all of eternity. Because the Bible says for those that receive Christ, the Bible says that you have eternal life, everlasting life in heaven. But for those that reject Christ, the Bible says, whosoever was not found written in the book of life, they were cast into the lake of fire. And friend, that is something that is not just for a day or a week or a month or a year or 10 years or 100 years. That is something that will last for all of eternity. I see number four, the consequences of the choice. There are consequences. We get to choose, but we do not get to choose the consequences. They have already been determined. So my question to you today is, who will you choose? What will you choose? You must make a choice. Indecision is the wrong decision. You cannot walk away from here and say, I am going to not make a choice because you're not guaranteed you've got tomorrow. You don't know you're going to have another opportunity, but God has given you this day. I'm preaching to the folks in this auditorium. I'm preaching to folks watching online. I'm preaching to those that are listening by way of radio. And I want to say every one of us is faced with that choice for salvation, to receive Christ or to reject Christ. But the choice is yours. I can't make it for you. Your parents can't make it for you. Your grandparents, your neighbor, they cannot make the choice for you. Every one of us must make the choice for ourselves. You must choose. I would challenge you today to choose salvation. Choose Jesus. Say yes to eternal life. When I was growing up, I loved, uh, I loved football. I never played football, organized. I'd play in the backyard and I'd play at recess and all that. But I never played football on a, on a team. But I loved watching football. My dad and I, we'd watch football. Don't hold it against me. Uh, my dad was uh, a Dallas Cowboy fan. Uh, until he passed away, he was a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. 
my mom grew up in Denver. She was always a Denver Bronco fan. And uh, our family, we get excited about football. And I remember back in the, the mid and late 80s when I was a boy, I remember we'd watch those games. And uh, during commercial breaks, for a while, they'd have this advertisement come on, advertising some company. And they would present an NFL play and they would show you the play, and then they would say, you make the call. Now, if you don't believe me, go look it up. You can find it. It's still on YouTube. I didn't dream this up. I actually, I saw this when I was a boy. And, and they would show different angles. And they would say, uh, did the runner step out of bounds? Did the runner cross the goal line? Was it a first down? Was it an interception? Was it a fumble? And they would show you the different angles. And then they would say, now you make the call. And you'd have a little bit of time to make the right call. And then they'd come back and say, this was the right call. And, you know, congratulations if you got it right. It was fun. It, it didn't change anything because the play had already happened. You know, it was already a done deal. And I was seven years old in my living room. They weren't calling to ask me really what I thought. You know, it was just, hey, this is fun. You make the call. But I want to say when it comes to what you do with Jesus, that's not just fun and games. That is life or death. When it comes to what you do with Jesus, that is a decision that, yes, it still has to be made. You have to make that choice for salvation. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, pastor, I've been saved. I've trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. I could tell you where it was. I could take you to the church or I could take you to my house or I could take you to the, the park or I could take you to the, to the street where I got saved and you could tell me about it. And you say, I have said yes to Jesus and I know I'm saved. And I would say to that, praise God. But what you do with Jesus now must be decided on a daily basis. Now, you don't lose your salvation. Once you're saved, you are saved. The Bible says it is everlasting life. You are in the hand of God. You are in the hand of Jesus. And you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And nobody can pluck you out. Nobody can pry you out. Nobody can get you out of the hand of God. So if you're saved, you've got salvation. You, you have been born again. But the question is, what are you doing with Jesus? And what am I doing with Jesus today? Are we spending time with him? Are we spending time in his word? Are we praying? Are we walking with him? How about this? Are we surrendered to him? You know, sometimes what happens, and let's be honest, you get saved and boy, you're fired up and you're excited. And then over time, it's just kind of, oh yeah, I used to do that. Oh yeah, I used to go to church. Yeah, I used to read my Bible. Well, friend, every day we ought to be surrendered. Every day, we ought to say yes to God. Every day, we ought to follow. As Brother David spoke in the Sunday school class, every day, we ought to ask God to direct our paths because God's got something for you today. Are you surrendered? How about this? What are you doing when it comes to serving God? You know, I thank the Lord for our church and to our public servants that are here today. You have seen our church in a service. And you've seen the choir and you've seen some of the behind the scenes. But to our public servants, I want to tell you, we have a church of people that serve all the time. It, it, you name it. We've got ministries going on all throughout the week. We've got the, the, the school ministry. We've got the bus ministry. We've got the radio ministry. We've got another new ministry we're getting ready to launch probably this summer. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of people serving God, and I praise God for that. But, you know, sometimes it's easy. It's easy to back off. It's easy to let somebody else do the work. But the Bible tells us that the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. We need some people that will make the decision today to say, I will say yes, and I will serve God. My question today to you is this. What are you going to do with Jesus? What have you already done? Have you made the decision? 
to put your faith and trust in him. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says that uh, uh, God commendeth or God showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You say, well, pastor, I just don't know about this heaven and hell stuff. I just don't know how, how a loving God could send anybody to hell. I'll remind you, God doesn't send anyone to hell. We send ourselves there. God has already done everything he can. He gave his only begotten son to die on the cross so you and I could escape the judgment, so we could have eternal life in heaven. God's already paved the way. All we have to do is be willing to receive the gift of God of salvation. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you call upon the Lord today if you've never been saved? Would you put your faith and trust in him today? What are you going to do with Jesus? My challenge to you is receive him, accept him, get saved today. And if you have been saved, would you surrender? Would you say yes to whatever he wants? And then would you say, I'll be willing to serve God. I'll be willing to live my life for him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.